is the glass ceiling. I feel it. Hard facts. Hard facts. Alright, Lagos, you've heard the business news update. It's a Wednesday, so you know it's time for the glass ceiling. Did you attend GlassCon 2021? If you didn't, you missed. But don't worry, you can always catch the podcast. Yes, it's available now on our podcast, um, on any of the streaming services, really. Um, Google, Apple, um, all of them. So search for GlassCon 2021 and you can listen to all the fantastic women who were on our panel. One of them is in the studio today. Today's a good day to watch. If you've never watched us live, today's a good day to start. Nigeria Info 99.3 on Facebook. Nigeria Info FM on YouTube. We had a great time on Sunday at GlassCon. That's the glass ceiling convention for those of you who are living under a tree <laughs> on a rock. Our beloved glass ceiling show staged its first ever live event and it was fantastic. We uh, were talking about women taking political power because you know how whenever we talk about it here on Hard Facts, when we talk about women's rights or political rights, all the time you call me a Sandra. Power is not served a la carte. If women want it, you have to take it. Well, thanks for the advice. Because now we gathered in a room on Sunday and we strategized about how exactly we were going to do it. And it was a real blessing because we got to hear from women with hands-on experience with this. Um, Women who have walked the talk. Women who have stepped into the arena and challenged the political establishment. One of those women is on the show today again. She was a panelist at the Glass Ceiling Convention. But before that... She was a, contest, a contestant for a House of Reps seat from Cross River State. She's a philanthropist. She's a humanitarian. She's a visionary. She's a businesswoman. She's one of the greatest actresses ever to grace the screen anywhere in the world. And I'm talking about the queen, Kate Henshaw. Thank you so much for breaking the glass ceiling. Hi, Sandra. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. You're enjoying in the studio. It's quite cool in here. Out there is boiling. My dear, what can Stay we here. do? What can we do? <laughs> <laughs> now, Kate and I are going to be talking about women and politics from different angles, but we want you to be part of this conversation. So please call us with your questions. Send them by WhatsApp. Send them by Twitter. Send them by Facebook. Tell us what strategies you think women need to adopt for taking political power. Huh? And if you attended GlassCon, um, tell us what you uh, most enjoyed. Tell us what stood out for you. All right. First of all, Kate, you didn't need to go into politics, not personally. What led you to, to, to make that choice? What were the issues that made you say, you know what? I need to go into the House of Reps. I looked at uh, the guy who was representing uh, my constituency. Hmm. I, I couldn't find him. Every time there was something happening on the floor, I couldn't see him. Hmm. And once or twice that I saw him, he was sleeping. And I wondered, hmm, maybe I could, you know, offer myself to do better Mm. or to try and do better Mm. Uh, because I felt nothing much was done in that constituency. But (laughs) my experience led me to believe that the people don't care much whether something is done there or not. Mm. There is a structure on ground where people have been on ground and it's a turn turn by turn thing. Mm. Um, 
So I felt okay. I even spoke to my governor then, uh, Senator Leal Imoke, mm-hmm. and he said, "Oh, Kate, Kate, there, there are people already in the line." And I'm, I said to him, "I'm still going to try." He said, "Okay, you can, but I'm just telling you, that's quite brave of you." And I said, "Okay, I'm not one who starts something and doesn't finish. Mm-hmm. At least let me have the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it was quite harrowing mm-hmm. for me. It was, should I say, debilitating." Mm. You know, like an illness. I felt ill. You know, the the day after, the day of the primaries mm-hmm. itself. You mm-hmm. know, the day you know where they had the delegates had to to vote to pick the the candidate that would uh, represent the party. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was an experience I'll never forget. It taught <laughs> me a lot of things mm-hmm. about people, about leadership. And whatever is going on in a political the, the, scene, the process in the in the in the Nigerian space, absolutely. What, what what when you started your run for office? What were some of the things you faced that you initially did not expect? Um, a lot of deceit, hmm. betrayal, hmm. a lot of greed. Um, those three th- things, hmm. you know, I faced it a lot, mm-hmm. even from extended family members. I'm being open here because mm-hmm. there's nothing to hide. I'm old enough to speak my truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only few people I remember, top of my head, mm-hmm. was um, was Obiama Imoke, uh, Leo's wife. She was extremely supportive mm-hmm. of me. Zanogbe, okay. um, uh, the secretary to the state government then who he also helped because one thing uh, once you register with the party and you signify your interest then you have to start doing consultations it's called mm-hmm. so- consultations like you heard from someone uh, when we had the glass con on, on Sunday that mm-hmm. you know there are people you have you have to talk to the party structure mm-hmm. the, you have to talk to the local government chairman mm-hmm. you have to talk to past people um, leaders uh, women leader youth leader um, everyone in that Structure every power in that, broker, every power broker, mm. past or present, mm. and in talking to them is not just talk. It's money. You heard someone say that mm-hmm. as well. You greet somebody, it's money. Mm. You go to visit them, mm-hmm. it's money, drinks. You saw the supermarket down the road from me in Calabar. They knew me well. Mm-hmm. Once I appeared, Madam, how many cartons of this? You know, you give certain drinks. You don't buy certain ones, and you go. I remember once buying a goat, a full goat, mm-hmm. tubers of yam, because I had meetings with the people of the Bakasi um, side, Bakasi mm-hmm. Republic, the, that side, the side of Cross River. Mm-hmm. Um, went to meet them and all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody else. Plus another female I won't mention mm-hmm. who is well known. She she was even telling me that ah this thing I'm bringing is small now. When she was doing her own that ah she gave so much. <laughs> I expected su- some support from her. I didn't get it, mm. but it's okay. We mm. learn every day. Mm. Um, apart from that, I spent a lot of money. It mm. was it was stressful for me. You become the go-to person for anyone who has a. The children is in school. Mm-hmm. They are yeah, ill. Someone, I remember someone said that Absolutely. at Glasgow. Someone yes. said, once you just say you want to run yes. for office. Your house, every morning, everybody, everybody comes. Mm. You will feed them. Mm. You will give and them money. And these are people that should be giving you money. Yes. <laughs> you will give them money. Mm. You will share Ankara. Every time they visit you, mm-hmm. it's never empty. In short, when you go, mm. they will say the, the, the lingua is land well. 
Okay. You've been flying, mm. talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay, land now. Come to our level. Yeah, what you got? Oh wow. Yes. <laughs> you've got a you've got a drop. Now let's talk about Glasgow. There were lots of interesting um, issues that were raised there, and one of them, and you've raised it here as well, was the role that money played in politics and how women are at a disadvantage there because on average women have less economic power Mm -hmm. than men yes but but we also talked about how not enough business women or professional women support who have some money are not putting it into politics, mm. right? Now, you live in all three worlds, Kate. You are a professional, you are a businesswoman, you are a politician. What needs to be done to get more women with money to put their money in politics, political campaigns, political causes? Well, we need to continue pushing the narrative. We need to keep speaking to them. So let them know that, I mean, you need to support a good woman. I choose to qualify it mm. because we've had women who have been someplace in Nigeria and they've just messed it all up. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, we need to push the narrative that you need to support a good woman so that the policies, the laws, whatever decisions are made will favor women in a, on a larger scale, mm-hmm. you know, even you in business, mm-hmm. you know, whether yeah. tax cuts or mm-hmm. rebates or uh, uh, a conducive environment to conduct your business, you know, like inequalities or rules, you know, better, better for you, better for the women mm-hmm. on ground mm-hmm. because they are the they're the least of, of thoughts when politicians are you know you in the corporate world mm-hmm. you have that responsibility to put your money where your mouth is mm-hmm. and to seek for better representation mm-hmm. of your gender mm-hmm. in politics of your gender of your interests as well gender interests you know, because, because think about it if you your have- children if you had somebody you cared about in, in office or somebody who you believe cares about the things that you're you, interested in and you and you back them with your money, they're more likely going to go and represent your interests. Absolutely. So say your interests are you don't want in a, an Yaloja anymore in the market. They could represent that for mm-hmm. you. Say your interests are you don't like Aguiru's everywhere that you turn in Lagos, for instance. They could represent that for you. Yes. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I think we need to bring them more on board. It's very sad that whenever we see a woman on the ticket, it's it's they don't get enough votes. Mm. It's shameful that we're, are we not 50% of the population? Yeah, we are. We, for for and, every two Nigerians, you know, one is a woman. W- woman. Mm. So why are the women not supporting? It, it, it boggles the mind mm. for me. Mm. Because surely you will know this women. There's someone who knows these candidates that put themselves up for political position. But you know, Nena Okeje, Honorable Nena Okeje, she said something. She, I admire her so much. She, she, I, she's a strong woman. She speaks us. so well. There's, there's a long line. I love her. <laughs> I, is she still in the house? Yeah, no, no, no. Um, her last race was 2019. No, she's, yes. she's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And she said that women actually support women. Women actually vote for women. That the problem is that the votes of women don't count. So there aren't enough women voting. If we're 50% and women are voting, so mm-hmm. where are the numbers? They are not counting. 
I'll, I'll give you an example. Are, who's not counting? I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. So a young woman shared her story on Twitter about how she picked up a ticket to run in Oyo State, one of the uh, local governments in Oyo. And so she picked up a ticket to run for local government chairman and um, a chairperson. Mm. Uh, and this was the primaries. And so they were at the place where votes were supposed to, to happen. She had a supporters. Everybody was there with her. They were going to vote her. And for you know what's happening, the opposing guy comes there with his thugs and bottles yeah. and they mm-hmm. all come and start singing, yeah, and mm-hmm. next thing they raise his hand mm-hmm. and, you know, declare him the winner. There was no voting. There was no nothing. way. Yeah, yeah. There was no voting. Well, there, there, that's, was, that's there, was, there was nothing. So I think, that's the reality. I, I think that's what she means when she says women vote, women mobilize for women. Because when women come to, to women and say, vote for me, they're talking about things like maternal mortality. They're talking about things like your children's education. Security. About, yeah. You know, so women say, okay, I trust you. Let me vote for you. And then they mobilize for you. But then they get there and they cast their votes. But before you finish casting your votes, you don't count that result somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is why one of the biggest uh, questions I kept asking at Glasgow was, how do we protect the votes of women? What are your ideas on that? We need government to do it. We need them to be transparent in the electoral process. Mm. Women are not violent. Are we supposed to all carry cutlasses and say, okay, if the dogs are coming, we say if we are ready. You know, women are nurturing. We are not killers. Mm. Well, not not that I know of. I know there are a few women killers, but <laughs> in the majority. I mean, we need security when we're casting our votes. We mm. need to um, also know that they will be counted. Mm. Aside from casting your vote, following the bag to the, the uh, to INEC Center. office, mm-hmm. counting with them, making mm-hmm. sure they write it. Do you know what will be called the next day? The fee changer. The fee changer, I mean, the night. In the next one, you'll be, you say, wahoo something. It's another name you will be hearing. There are so many discrepancies, so many anomalies that it just, it's mind-boggling. Mm. You know, and okay, it, like like we said, before you even emerge the candidate, the mm-hmm. delegates mm-hmm. are the ones who vote. Who decide. And say, okay, this is the person we want to stand for election. That's my. Ne- that's the next place I want us to go, Kate, because we talked about how to penetrate um, political parties and party structures, right? What do you think um, um, those steps should be, the next steps? How do we get more women? of all socioeconomic levels. So your friends in Nollywood, my friends in the broadcast industry, uh, the market women, the housewives, everybody. How do we get them to get more involved in the day-to-day politics so that they become a part of these structures where the decisions are made? Because like you said, the delegates hold all the power. And if we had more women delegates, Mm -hmm. perhaps they could be convinced to vote for... There's only one. It's a woman leader. Uh You know, and and that's... That's not enough. We can't yeah, that because even, even the woman leader is a tokenistic uh, role. Of course. Uh-huh. So so how do we get more women to say, okay, you know what? I'm interested in, in everybody in should join today. a party. Every woman, every one of us should join a party. I don't care whether it's the existing one, the oh, past yeah. one, a new one that will be formed to be like the third force. Sounds mm. so idealistic. Mm. You know, <laughs> you know, to make their presence felt and be active. Mm. This thing is a marathon. It's not a sprint. We need to be 100% involved because the country is just going to, I don't know where, maybe the dogs or the zoo. It's just everybody needs to put their foot on the ground. We need to disseminate enough information, bombard the airwaves, visuals, all sorts of infomercials 
pigeon, local languages, every day pushing the narrative. Foot soldiers, foot soldiers on the ground. Because these people in the grassroots, they are the ones that stand in the sun mm. for hours. They say, I'm going to cast my vote. Mm. Even if it's been paid for, mm. they are going to say, I'm casting my vote for this person because he gave me 5,000 naira. Mm. He bought me an iron. Mm. He paid my daughter's school fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So, and then also do stuff in the community, like I was told. Mm. I mean, I, I jumped in. Feet first, or is it head first? Which one is dangerous? All join. You know, without knowing. But I'm glad I did. You know, you never know until you try. Mm-hmm. So it's to start doing stuff in your community, be it empowerment programs, be it um, skill acquisition, be it teaching, talking, TED talk, whatever it is to make your presence felt. Mm-hmm. You are now in the party. Mm-hmm. And then also... The party leadership has to be, be behind you. Mm-hmm. They have to have your support. And we have more women there. Their voices will be heard. Mm. We have, if we have more active women, mm. because women take care of the home. Before they come for the meetings, I have to cook for my husband. I have to go to the market. I have to pick my children from school. You know, what time is it? You see? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's another, that's another point. Uh, I'm going to come to that point. Ah. But let's say calls, because Lagos is burning my phone lines down. Wow. They, want, they want to talk to Kate. Okay. <laughs> okay. Lagos, let's go. 0700-993-993-993. You can also call 01465-7190. 01465-7190. Do you have questions for Kate Henshaw? Let's hear them. Uh, do you have suggestions for us about um, you know how women can take political uh, power. You've got suggestions, strategies uh, that you think that women should adopt for taking political power. Let's hear them. If you attended Glasscon, what stood out for you at Glasscon? Huh? David is in Ibeche Island. Hello, David. Thank you very much for calling us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, David. Yes. Congratulations for your last year something. I'm sorry I was not able to be part of it. It's fine. Thank you. For, thank yeah, you anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, actually, from what you and your discussions are saying, mm. you see, the I think you should be organizing what you organize for, for how to capture the general election. You should have just formed a woman's party. So a, 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 a woman's party won't win election now. No. Uh, excuse me. You see, the, this this already party you have on ground, you are not part of the building of the structure. You cannot beat them to eat. Point. Are you with me? Uh-huh, I'm trying to understand what you you're saying. You will not be able to beat them. Mm. Those people who already have the party in their hands. Oh, you know, I understand what why, you mean. Uh, mm. the, uh, that was why Babangida tried to form a two-party. Mm. When he now saw that... Uh, uh, these people who are holding the party, mm-hmm. you cannot go in and say you want to topple them. Mm-hmm. Are you there? I'm here. I understand. So you you you, you <laughs> can't you can't take over the existing parties. So you have to form your own. Yes. Uh, yes, so but I'm saying that. But I, but I'm saying that you you can't. Women now. Uh, but you can't also win election with a party that is just women. Uh, that's what I. That's what I said. That uh, mm. what is supposed to be gathering together mm. to form strategy mm-hmm. of uh, ways of winning the general election. Okay. Oh. Hey, you understand? Now, I, that's I what you're supposed to be gathering yourself mm. and putting it together 
what do we do? How are we going to be able to win the general election? Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling. We've got Gertrude on the line. Gertrude, how are you? Hi, Gertrude. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I'm calling from White Town. All right. Thanks Please, for calling uh, us. Can you turn your radio off? No, I don't know. Okay. okay. All right. Go ahead. I support the last caller that women should register their party because with the present system we are having now, there is no way women can move forward. These men will not allow it. So I support that women should form our own party so that we can push them down. We, we, we have the number. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Thank you very much, Gertrude. We have the number, she says. Form our own party, she says. But you're still 50%. You know, so do you have the number, really? You're still 50%. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to Joy. Joy is in Ecotson. Hello, Joy. Thank you very much for calling us. Hello, Joy. Hello. Good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon. First time caller. I'm glad you're here. Welcome. Yeah. I, my, my, um, uh, Ketensha is there. for me. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. I just want to contribute to what you people are saying there. Mm-hmm. Women uh, participating in uh, politics is good, mm. but our men, I, I, I don't know how we we'll win them because they are ready to kill at any point in time. They are ready to fight. They are ready to do all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I, rem- I remember 2019, during that election, a lady from uh, Kogi yeah. said, Aisha also. Natasha. I remember all what they did to that lady. And even a woman, they burned life, her life in, that, in her house. Mm. And nothing was done about it. So, for we women to come out, our men, we should ask them if they are ready to accept us. Because Nigerian politics is somehow. They just believe that it's for men alone. The women don't have any say. And that's what puts fear in women. Many want to come out there because of the way our men see, uh, you know, the policies and uh, power, the way power investigates them and others. So mm. because of that, that's putting fear in most women. And that is why we are not coming out. Okay. Well, you you, you, you you make a you make a very valid point there. Very very valid point very. there about the violence. Very. Maybe we need to go and learn how to carry guns. Hmm. <laughs> That's going to take years of training. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice it to say, when I ran for office, yeah. a day before uh, my election, the lady who was running for the the House of Assembly, mm-hmm. there was violence. Cars were broken. Hmm. Then I had mine. Then the one after me. There was no violence on, on the day I had my own um, delegate election. The day after, cars were broken, hmm. cut class, all sorts of things. This is a scare. So, so, so maybe hire bodyguards instead of carrying the guns ourselves. Well, one bodyguards. thing I noticed was each candidate's uh, aspirant was given police uh, protection. Okay. You, 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 uh, you apply for it and they give you a policeman to follow you. But that's Hold just... that thought. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Lagos, don't go away. 99.3 Nigeria Info. Your number one station for talk. Let's talk. 
Lagos, I'm Sandra S. Zepkwesili. Did you attend GlassCon 2021? Like, like I said, if you missed it, you missed a lot. Uh, one of my panelists... <laughs> <laughs> One of my panelists is here on the show, and let me tell you, um, she 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 brought fire. She's still bringing fire. Uh, she's somebody that you've seen on your screens. She's somebody who has done a lot of philanthropy work. She's a humanitarian. She's a visionary. She's a businesswoman. Kate Henshaw talking to us yet again about GlassCon 2021. We're trying to get uh, our second guest on the show. You're still listening to Hard Facts. And I'm Sandra Ezekwesli. We're talking about women taking political power. We're not asking for it. We're taking it. Uh, it's a conversation that uh, we had in a big way on Sunday at the Glass Ceiling Convention. Uh, you can listen to that uh, conversation on our podcasts, I, uh, the Glass Ceiling Convention, any of the podcasts really, Nigerian4f.fm. It's available there. It's available on Apple. It's available on Google, Anchor. It's it's everywhere. Just go listen. We had a lovely time. I learned a lot listening uh, to that virtual room of, of women with so much experience in the political field. So much experience. I'm, I, and I was reading the comments um, of the attendees and a lot of people were learning in real time as well. They were seeing things that they didn't see before, hearing things they, they've never heard before, thinking about things that they'd, they'd never given thought to before. And I was just really, really proud in that moment. Now, for the last half hour, we've been talking to uh, Kate. She's been talking about her own experience with running for office, what she saw, the things that um, she thinks need to happen if we are going to have more women in political office. Now, Lagos, uh, keep your questions coming in for Kate Henshaw, but uh, we're going to be joined by Ibi. Bijoke. Um, she is the co-founder of Elect Her. Uh, they are a group with a mission to get women elected in Nigeria. They were also one of the partners that helped bring Glasscon to life. Ibijoke Fabore, we're trying to get her on the line. If you people stop calling, please stop calling so that we can call her because you're clogging our phone line. Please, Lagos, I'm begging you. Thank you, God. As I'm saying stop calling. More people are calling. <laughs> Nigerians, when you say don't do it, they will do it. Stop calling, stop calling, stop calling so we can call it Bijoke. Trust me, Bijoke has lots of goodies and um, you want to hear from her, you really, really I like that video that they played before the the convention started. Yeah. You know, the the, the views, the opinions, yeah. especially from that market woman, the yeah. young guy. Yeah. It's, it's, that's the video that needs to be out everywhere every god yeah. bless you yeah. everywhere yeah everywhere yeah you know the more people here mm-hmm. they see mm-hmm. it was as a ah, it's not a bad idea mm-hmm. let's think about this thing mm-hmm. you know and start changing and reorientating mindsets mm-hmm. I, i'm telling you all right we've finally got um ibijoke on the line finally thank you lagos for getting away from the phone lines <laughs> ibijoke hi thanks for joining us Hi, Sandra. Thank you for having me. Good to have you here. Now, let's let's talk to Lagos very quickly about what Elect Her does. What do you okay. do? What's your mission? How do you work towards getting it done day to day? Thank you, Sandra. So, um, I mean, Elect Her is a nonpartisan women's um, political advancement organization, and we are in the business of getting more women into elective and appointed um, positions. Um, and that's just because of the huge gap we have at the moment. I mean, we're very, um, 
we're conscious of the current gaps and the figures, so I'm not going to go into that. But essentially, as an organization, we're committed to really delivering on our mandate to get more women into office. Um, how do we do that? We have a 4E approach, which is engage our critical stakeholders, including women, um, encourage them to decide to run, equip them, and then enable them. And in, in practical steps, how that literally works is under our engagement, um, we're using um, different forms of um, communications to engage different stakeholders, from webinars to engagements to dialogues. Um, on the Encourage pad, we actually have a digital platform at the moment called the Site to Run. And essentially, what we're trying to build is the biggest repository of women that are aspiring to run for office. Mm. One thing that we need is that critical access and that you know community sense of community and sisterhood. Mm-hmm. We have the big boys club. You understand? Where are the girls club? We have the boys club that fund and support themselves. So what we're trying to really do is that if we've been able to really bring together women across across the private sector, across sports, why can't we bring women together regardless of their political affiliations? Um, religious affiliations or tribal affiliations and get them into like an organized um, community to interact with themselves mm. even if they want to run now or later so the site to run is on our encourage platform mm-hmm. on our equip platform we have um electric academy and essentially what we're really trying to do with that is to really get women equipped so anything that has to do with policy um, and legislation political financing, campaigning, understanding political structures, but essentially just giving them that support to build their skills. And we have three main dimensions to that. We're currently working on an online platform backend where any woman across Africa can access um, different courses across the public sector. Mm. Um, The other one is our facilitated training. We actually just completed our politics 101. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just critical steps needed to run for political office, and it was very good attendance. And we had a facilitator who was an experienced and program manager across governance and democracy. And it just ran people across different... um, different terms, you know, what a political party structure looks like, INEC regulations, if you want to run 2023, what, what should you be doing now to know your level of preparedness? Um, and then we have something that, I, you know, obviously, I'm sure you will probably talk about later, which is the Electra Future Lawmakers Program. And essentially, it's a deliberate effort towards um, increasing the numbers of lawmakers we have in Nigeria at the moment. As you know, across Parliament, we have the the lowest representation in Africa. Mm. We have less than 5% at the main function of government that really um, formulates policies and makes critical decisions. So that really shows in the policy outcomes that we have that affects the lives of children, girls. They say when we we care about women, when women thrive, society thrives at large. And that core is at the function of the lawmaking um, offices. So we need to really fill in that gap. So that's where the Electoral Future Lawmakers Program, which will be, um, you know, obviously doing our call for application in the next couple of weeks, is mm. all about. The final piece is the enable. That's our, our fourth E. Mm. And essentially, the enable piece is providing access to critical social, human, and financial capital. Mm-hmm. Um, this may sound like a mouthful, but what we've done is to go back to the field, speak with the women that have run speak with women that ran and won, speak with women that ran and lost, speak with women that want to run, speak with political parties and their leaders, speak with, you know, INEC officials, mm-hmm. just everybody involved in this, you know, business of running, saying what are the critical barriers women are facing, what are those key things that, you know, are really hindering them from really 
um, achieving that shift, that critical shift in leadership that I want. Mm. So one of the key things that Alexa, how we're differentiating ourselves in this space um, is really um, last week, Monday, actually, yeah, or just over a week, a week ago, actually, mm-hmm. we launched something called Agenda Certified. And it's just our bold step ahead of 2023 saying, what can we really do to achieve something in 2023? Mm. And as an organization, um, we have three agendas for Agenda Certified. The first is setting up a $10 million fund um, to empower 1,000 women through our different products, the Academy and Co., but the deliberate, deliberate um, effort to then fund or back to the five women directly ahead of 2023. I'll explain what that looks like, you know, um, shortly. And then the second agenda is the policy advocacy. As you know, we have the national agenda policy at the moment, mm-hmm. which is just words on paper. And so you've seen, um, you know, a lot of organizations, a lot of um, government organizations, even at the appointed level, a lot of political parties, a lot of the legislative um, agencies really have not, um, 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 what am I going to say now, have really not um, leveraged on that or harnessed that policy to really um, move, you know, move the needle. And so we still have that gross underrepresentation. And what we really want to do with the policy advocacy piece is to then advocate with different stakeholders saying we need a minimum 35% representation in appointive and um, elective offices by 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third bit is obviously voter sensitization and citizen engagement on the need for, the need to elect women. This is not just about being sentimental. It's more about national development and socioeconomic progression because when you have half of the population excluded from key areas of decision making and policy formulation, obviously the entire nation will suffer. And these even link to macroeconomics and and, and microeconomics as well. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it's everybody understanding the big picture and why it takes a village to really, um, to really do this. Yes. Hmm. Quite a lot. Mm. Now, one of the big things that uh, Alexa is trying to do is provide money for funding for women yeah. candidates, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when a lot of Nigerians here spend money on campaign, oh. they assume that we're talking about something illegal, like, bri- like bribes, right? Mm-hmm. But even the legitimate expenses in a campaign are a lot. A could, whole lot. Could you talk about that? Could you talk uh, about where and where these candidates are expected to use that money? Thank you so much, Sandra. I was hoping you were going to ask that. So I remember when we first had to pitch this to a couple of stakeholders, mostly in the private sector, saying, look, we need to mobilize money for women. They were like, uh, 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 uh. We cannot get our hands into good buying. And then we have seen that if you break down the logistics involved in running the campaign, mm. first of all, if I always use Nigeria as an example. Mm-hmm. Nigeria has huge logistical, logistical challenge. So imagine you're running a national campaign mm-hmm. and you need to move from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. You need to carry your entire team. Imagine mm-hmm. what that means. Another thing is lack of financial empowerment for women, mm-hmm. right, has really affected them when it comes to human capital mobilization. Right. You need a wide range of people from your campaign manager, your strategies, you know, different people, speech writer, um, agents on the field, and those people are human. You need to give them incentives. This has nothing to do with voter mobilization. You need to move. There's transportation. There's security. Because we see the growing rate of um, electoral violence, which means women need to invest a lot in early violence monitoring, and they need to put the, risk, the, the, the right mitigants in place. And all those cost money. So beyond the vote buy, which is like the stereotypical understanding of what um, campaign financing means, is you have the 
human mobilization part of it is you have your kitchen cabinet, you have the field agents that will work with you on the day of, uh, on the election day. You have um, logistics around you know party primaries. Last election, a lot of women were made to pay for their party primaries. Car, you know, cater to the logistical needs, even when there were male candidates there. So it's so complex. And what we're trying to do with the money is to de-risk the process for women, like, come on, cut those women some slack. And also allow for negotiation. I'll tell you something, Sandra. Most mm. political parties, and people might not want to hear this, right? Most political parties see women, female candidates, as liabilities. So they don't want to take a bet on them because they feel like they're not coming with capital. They feel that they're coming with a form of entitlement saying, uh, you know, you have to give us one, the form for one million and then the man is buying for 25 million. Mm. Which means you're almost dead on arrival as a candidate. When you've asked for one million naira and then your male opponent is buying for 25 million naira, mm. if the men should get someone out for some reason, mm -hmm. they will think without hesitation and you will be the first person that will be off the candidate to mm. So for us, it's actually looking at all those different barriers and criteria saying, women, let us put our money where our mouth is. Let us mobilize ourselves. Let us ensure that we have the critical financial infrastructure. Mm. When we have that, then let us go to the table and negotiate. This thing has also happened in the private sector as well. See, mm -hmm. when you, it, it, it just changes the way people look at you when you come with your resources as well. Mm -hmm. Women across the, the private sector are, are focusing on financial literacy, financial inclusion, financial empowerment. That way you're seeing the boardrooms open up to more women because they're coming with your resources. They're coming with a network as well. And we have to replicate this across politics as well. It's not a time for sentiment. You understand? Mm -hmm. We have an extremely corrupt political system. Our democracy is almost non-functional. And so for, for us as elector is, how can we tackle the now for the future? It means that based on the current situation analysis, we need to put in, we need to invest some resources into our female candidates to ensure that you know, alongside their competency, they're also backed by resources. Mm -hmm. And that puts them on a very good stance within the party within, um, amongst different stakeholders, mm -hmm. and also with the voters as well. Kate, let me come to you. You have run a camp campaign. Mm. Tell me about the expenses. She's totally right. Logistics is huge because you are going with your team. I remember moving from um, place to place. You have to have a bus with your supporters so that when you go there, they're carrying your banners and all of that. You have to feed them. Um, transportation, security, all of the things that she just mentioned, they are valid. Mm. Um, then, of course, uh, I know that we do have um, the expression of intent form is free for women. And then one of the, the nomination one, you pay, mm. depending on which level of the political office you're running for. Oh, mm -hmm. But I think one of the forms is free for women. Mm. I'm, I'm sure I stand to be corrected. Mm -hmm. um, but all of the things she's mentioned are very valid. Mm. Before you even talk about... Um, giving voters um, uh, money, mm -hmm. which is, in my case, it was the delegates. Mm -hmm. So apart from all of the other stuff, on the day of the, the voting, delegates have to be uh, sorted, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> that's the reality. That, that's the it reality. is. But, but, but Ibijoke, um, yes, what about sustainability? Elector yes. cannot be expected to fund every woman every. candidate in every election. Absolutely. There has to be a more organic fundraising mm -hmm. ecosystem. How do we create that? Okay. 
So again, I like to, you see, for me is, for every single thing that Alexa is doing, there's a model. Hmm. You look at the private sector, you look at the tech industry. When you create an enabling environment, a fusion of policies and then, and, and then financial inclusion injection, you create a sustainable model. It then means that you're building an ecosystem and not critical stakeholders will see where they fit in the bigger picture. Right. Now, for politics, it's just the same thing people say with regards to quota system, saying uh, quota system in itself is discriminatory. I say something. Quota systems are temporary special measures, right? right? As an organization, what we are saying is we've done a situation analysis. And to be honest, nobody has the right answer, right? Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't have the perfect answer. It, this thing keeps evolving. Mm-hmm. But there's also the law of multiply effect as well. Mm-hmm. You start this, it then, uh, you know, it evolves into something, and then the next one, the next thing. Bear in mind, this is about wins and successes, right? right. When you get one or two women, she opens the door for other women as well. She creates more effective policy. So what we're trying to do is a model here. And to be honest is, are we going to get it right? Are we going to get it wrong? We don't know the answers. Until we try, we never know. Yep. So the goal is this model we are building. Mm-hmm. Let us even see if we can milk the needle on something. Mm-hmm. And then 2023, we can then do our impact assessment, our monitoring evaluation saying, have we been able to, you know, have we been able to trigger a critical shift? Mm. Where next? Now, based on where we are, now we've gotten XYZ women. What other gaps do we need to fill right now? So for this thing, this thing will keep moving and evolving. Mm-hmm. This is just a start. And so right now, is the short-term goal as an organization is 2023. Mm. The longer-term goal is now, even when those women get into office, there are bigger barriers they need to work with. Mm. But in terms of fundraising, it's a continuous thing. You're building the capacity of those women. Mm-hmm. They also will then understand how to start mobilizing resources on their own. Mm-hmm. But what we're trying to do now, based on the critical barriers that we face right now, mm-hmm. this is the way we want to go. You know, and before so, you joined yeah. us, before you joined us, I was asking Kate about the need for more women in the private sector to put money into politics. What, what do you think are the reasons why more women are not doing that? How do you think we can change sure. that? Oh, thank you for that. I mean, that that's an issue that honestly we're, we're really trying to we're really trying to tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has to do with a lot of um, 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 perception and stereotypes. Um, it has to do with also um, when it's a stereotype is when people think about politics, campaigning, elections in Nigeria. Right? right. One thing that comes to mind is electoral violence. So in a way, is the mentally block that, right? Because it's also not their, in their immediate existence. Second of all, is most private sector um, individuals, right, right, regardless of their gender, tend to be very apolitical. Right. But the truth is that over time, we haven't really done, even, even, as, even as, um, as critical players, ecosystem players, right. one of the gaps is being able to help people understand the relationship between politics and the economy. Just like How you said, yeah. actually mm-hmm. works together. Without mm-hmm. the right policy, without the right policy, mm-hmm. private sector cannot thrive. Mm-hmm. And I always say something, right? The people, the consumers, right, are mm-hmm. the most critical stakeholders in the private sector. Who are the consumers? They are people. Right. So without a, pe- a people-centric approach to every single thing, nothing is going to work. Right. And that's why you're able to the evolution of the private sector, where most of them can't really function or are not sustainable on a plainly capitalistic mindset now. Right. Most of them are now looking at the social innovation model, where you have a fusion of capitalism and social innovation, right. which means you're considering people. Right. And so that was translated into politics as well. Now, those people, is, with, with women is in the private sector, they need to understand that the more you have more female lawmakers, for example, mm-hmm. 
you know, the more they will prioritize social development sector, these mm-hmm. things are so comp- I'll tell you something. When you look at things like um, uh, 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 work-life balance, for example, mm-hmm. when you look at things that have to do with um, a maternal mortality rate, when you look at the dilapidation of our educational and healthcare sector, mm-hmm. these things are all related to policy, mm. right? Mm. So the poor projection of these policies affects the traction in the private sector. And so the more we can get a lot of political economics, put it out there to help them understand why they should actually get involved in these, mm-hmm. the better for all. So there's a lot of sensitization, obviously, um, that, needs or, uh, you know, that needs to be done. So, so blame those women. So there's an information gap that needs to be, to to be, be filled. To be so so yes. let's, say, let's say I'm a woman with political ambitions. There are so many of them who listen to Nigeria Info, and yes. I want assistance from elector. Mm-hmm. How do mm-hmm. I qualify? What are the steps I need to take? What's the criteria? What, how much am yes. I uh, yes. entitled to? Thank you so much, Sandra. Um, one thing I'm very conscious about is, you see, when we are sent out $10 million, they're like, oh my God. So there has to be a structure, right? Okay. I'll, I'll give a case of the feminist call. One thing they did very well, which really prevented them from a lot of controversy, was they were accountable to the people and they were transparent with their approach. Mm. And this is a model that we, you know, we tend to adopt what worked and what didn't work. Okay. Now, for Elector, is in changing the system, right, mm-hmm. we're not going to be sentimental saying, because you're a woman, we'll sponsor you. Mm. You must have the right progressive agenda. You must go through our process. You understand? Okay. So which means the certified women put agenda one has two principles, two principles of objectives, right? Okay. Setting up a $10 million fund to empower 1,000 women. Now, the 1,000 women, what that looks like is we have Electra Academy, we have different things we're going to be doing. Take advantage of that, right? All those things, too. We're going to be investing money in them. You can grow your knowledge, you know. You can also fundraise for our platforms that we're building. But for our own direct support, it's not saying certified women that we want to say, okay, let's measure the impact of this fund and this woman. Let's follow their journey through. Let's do a post-assessment after the 2023 election is... Um, just to put you through the pathway. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a call, a, a call for application. And essentially, we're going to shortlist them to the candidates. Mm-hmm. Now, let me do a breakdown for you. As elector, um, we're very passionate about lawmaking offices. So we're looking at 15 um, representatives from the House of Assembly. Okay. We're looking at 15 candidates for the House of Representatives. Okay. We're looking at three um, women running for, for Senate. Um, for Senate mm-hmm. And we're looking at two running for executive positions. Okay. Now, other organizations, imagine if they have to do this bit as well, we really help. As elector, we can't do everything. So, so those women who want to run, what, what, what yes. should they know? Exactly. What, what, like, what should, how do they qualify? What steps so do they need I'm, to take? That's what I'm saying. Mm. Just, just so Because we we're out of time. We're out of Absolutely. time. <laughs> so we're going to do a call-out for application, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. And then we're going to shortlist. It's going to be like an internal framework, an internal advisory, but I will shortlist you based on your competency and where you are right now. Mm. But 2023 is, if you're not even sort of joining a political party, you cannot qualify. Ah. That's just the fact. You need to belong to a political party. It's very important. Okay. Second of all, is you need to have some sort of like social capital going on for you. So there will be a level of assessment to ensure that we can justify the money that will be invested in you. Okay. Then we're also going to launch the future lawmakers program. So the 30 fellows that are going to go for lawmaking offices mm. will be incubated over five, six months. Okay. And so it's a must that you must have a constituency project during the program. Okay. It's a must that, you know, you must also have a campaign strategy. Mm-hmm. And these are, the, these are the 30 women. For, uh, that we're going to fund for lawmaking offices hmm. by 2023. Hmm. 
Okay, so Electa is online. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Twitter. And um, uh, you can get in touch with them and uh, follow them, follow their work, see what and what they're doing. I have to come back to Kate before we wrap up. Kate, what role do you think the media and the entertainment sector, because I remember something Nse said. Nse said to us uh, during her keynote speech, Mm. the stories you're telling are important. You Mm. need to tell better stories. The story of me, the story of you, the story of us. Exactly. Yes. So, so what role can the media and the entertainment sector play in fighting uh, some of these notions that we have, some of these customs that we have when it comes to women running for office, women taking political power? Is there a role for entertainment when it comes to women taking political power? Of course, movies, infomercials, mm-hmm. um, skits. There's so much. Mm. I mean, like I did um, Fourth Republic, mm-hmm. sponsored, yeah, sponsored by uh, Osiwa and uh, MacArthur Foundation. Mm. Oh. And that came off the back of me running for office because ah. those emotions I played there were, they were real. real. Oh, yeah. You know, so it brought back okay. memories yeah. for me. Yeah. You know, and, and that is one way infomercials, mm-hmm. disseminating information in a fun way. And somewhat serious way. way. Sometimes when it's too serious, uh, people are afraid. Hold that thought. Let's Mm -hmm. take a break. Hold that thought. Let's take a break. I honestly don't know where the time goes, to be honest with you. It it breaks my heart. (laughs) But we're going to have to bring Ibijake back on air, uh, where we have a longer conversation with her, uh, where she can talk to us uh, about um, Elector's work, because we we want to keep an eye on that. Ibijake, when you were talking about state um, state assemblies and uh, House of Representatives, that's for all across the country, right? It's not just Lagos, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. So yeah. all Nigeria is to, you know, to also, to, you know, um, put in consideration um, mm. tribe and religion mm. so that we, in our candidacy, we also ensure that we reflect the kind of society and nation that we want Th- to be. Yeah. Mm. Yes. All right. So Ibi Jake will be back. We'll keep an eye on her progress on Elector's journey. And we'd like to thank Elector for partnering with us to bring you GlassCon 2021. Ibi Jake, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Sandra. And then Kate was talking about the role of the media, role of uh, the entertainment industry, and she was talking about skits, you know, and she was talking about music. She talked about the work she did on Fourth Republic. I loved that movie. It was very realistic. That's what I loved about it. It was so realistic. And that end was very, oh, my God. Yeah. So. At two, Kate. At two, my darling. (laughs) At two. That's the reality. Another one bites the dust. <laughs> just goes to show yeah. no one is so clean. Yeah, you know. And I love that twist. Mm-hmm. I to everybody was like, "Wow!" Yeah, because I wonder if she's too clean. Because she's so busy forming. I'm I'm an angel. Yeah, I don't do this. Yeah, you know, I'm one of the good ones. And then we. But she the didn't want like, to. I will give her props. She didn't want to. I she tried to. St- she sure did it. <laughs> She shot did it. She tried to stop it. It was too late. No, so she tried to stop it. It's okay. <laughs> so, so we could have like uh, the brother Shaggy's. I don't know why I'm always talking about brother Shaggy, but like I'm always watching his kids. We could have the brother Shaggy's yeah, of the world doing exactly, skits for and women. it's a man doing the skit, you know, for women, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, choose to challenge the narrative and the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. We need the men. Mm-hmm. We're together in this, you know. Yeah, but I mean, who wants to share their national cake, to be honest with you? Like, they will share it too, whether they like it or not. Kate Henshaw, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Kate, for You're joining welcome. us Thank on you. Hard Facts today. Thank you for lunch as well. I enjoyed it. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs>
Let me make people jealous. If you joke, I will bite you. <laughs> Lagos, let's bring you headlines and then uh, talk to a Korokwe bus driver. Let's talk about what it's like to be a bus driver in Lagos. How much money is he making? How much money does he lose to our wearers? Find out next.